Off top, turkey vultures defecate on their legs, not only to cool themselves off, but also disinfect it. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right. So I am wondering how you are going to somehow transition my great turkey vulture facts. Apparently, the pH is the acidity is so high that it protects them against infection and sterilizes their legs. I know what you're going to do. We are going to talk about the Cardinals today. (laughs) Another bird that is shitting down their leg to clean themselves of their sins. (laughs) It's outstanding. I appreciate it. So, like, I I was opposed to using, to talking about this again because we've talked about tanking a lot. But that asshole Pablo mm-hmm. has tricked my friends Mina and... Enemy of the show, Pablo Torres. Yes. Yeah. His new show, Um, we'll listen to it or watch it or something when it comes out at some point, and we will definitely say that it sucks whether it's good or not. But anyway, the point... They, uh, I normally don't get upset, but they upset me a little bit because they called me out personally. Played him, the audio. Yeah, played the audio. And I don't love that particular take because it got legs and wasn't uh, wasn't as well delivered as I like. But the, anyway, the take being that the be, Dolphins yeah. tanking was morally reprehensible because oh. it was not fair to the players. Yes. Um, and I made the mistake of leading with like, yeah, okay, injuries are one thing, but then I got to my actual issue, but no one stuck around for that. And I really believe the Dolphins like clipped that portion of it and played it for their team for motivation because it is an insulting thing to say is that it's so these players are so bad that they're going to hurt themselves or something, which was not the point I was trying to make. The point I was making was that what the Dolphins were doing was unfair to their players. Mm-hmm. And I still stand by the fact no matter what even though I love and respect Mina she tried to say it wasn't unethical it is unethical not only against the players but against the other franchises that you are in a league with it is unethical to completely tank um and I still feel that way like it's there are certain things in um Pablo's defense and a lot of other people's defense of tanking is it's in the rule it's not against the rules and it is uh, a way to optimize yeah there are lots of things that are not against the rules and decent people understand that you don't break like coming off that Bishop Sycamore documentary. Noted, noted decent people in the NFL. Yeah, but I mean, it's not even about being decent to everyone else in the world. It's about being decent to each other. Oh, sir, I'm so happy I'm decent at four and 13. It's not about being decent at four and 13. It's if you uh, a thing like that. The reason why unwritten rules exist is because they keep... Why are you laughing? Because if I were to tell you about a defender of the unwritten rules in baseball, you would... No, I don't. So I, I laugh at the unwritten rules because I'm not... Um, It's not something that I grew up with. But yeah. I understand that the reason why unwritten rules are developed is because it they're needed. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing. That's how societies work. <laughs> they The rules develop because they are needed in many cases. But anyway, let me make my point. You cut me off before I get to my point. You acted make like, your point. Make like your point. you're on Undisputed because that's the way that they do things over there, not how I we do it I am not like there. Keyshawn. <laughs> um, well, Keyshawn was, like, measured. Um, anyway, 
the point that I'm making is when people do things like that, it is based on the idea that not everyone else will do it. And so you are trying to get an unfair advantage. So like when there are rules and ideas, unwritten rules like that, like, yeah, we're not going to completely tank to get an advantage. It's because you are taking advantage of everyone else. And one, they're going to make billions of dollars because they're protected by everyone else. The, um, closed ecosystem point that I like to make always. And that's unfair to the rest of the teams who are actually putting good product out there because at the end of the day, the NFL makes money because it's entertainment. If you are not interested in putting on a good game, you're hurting everybody and you're taking advantage of them because you're going to make money anyway. And the rules, the unwritten rule part of it is if everyone does it, then we have a trash league. So you're taking advantage of people there. So that aside, I certainly don't ever need to like cape for the other NFL owners or teams, but I would be pissed if I was one of them and I looked over and was like, you guys are trying to cheat your way to the bottom and still making money. But that aside, my criticism of why I believe it's unethical for the players is because I've made the point a hundred times. These players have sacrificed a lot and football is different than other sports. But it doesn't matter. The point is, I don't even have to get on the high horse about how risky football is and how dangerous it is. I read the New York Times article about Michael Loxley. Um, he's Maryland's head football coach. He lost his son. And it's a lot about CTE and that sort of stuff. So, like, I'm a bit emotional on the heels of that also. But we can put all that aside and just talk about the idea of you signing a contract, which implied in it, it does not say in the contract you will play as hard as you can. But it is, again, an unwritten implied rule when you sign a contract to play for a football team that you will do the best that you can. And if you don't, people get upset. See Kyler Murray. Even the team gets upset. And so when they hand you that contract. For the record, that's a $240 million contract. It's not an NFL minimum. Okay, whatever. Put you it better aside. try. Whatever. I'm just making the point that they got upset at him because they were suggesting that he was not putting forth as much effort in preparation as they would have wanted. And so it is understood that you and then they try to put a clause in the contract. That type of stuff to me, if you have to like put a clause in the contract every time somebody breaks a rule, you are going to like just be running in circles. And it's not the point. Like you have to understand that people are decent and normal. But anyway. Implied in that contract is I'm going to do the best that I can to succeed. And I believe that it should be implied on the other side that the team will do the best that they can for you to succeed. And in football is a very interdependent game. You cannot have success without players around you also being good and competent and responsible. So if you are creating an organization or a team you look like you have something to say. Please go. No, finish your point. My Matumbo finger will wait. My <laughs> tiny Matumbo finger. Um, I, I just, it, it feels like if the person, that, if the people at the top of the organization are actively trying to suck, to me, that feels like it's unfair. If anyone were to show up to their job and you are presumably care about your work and doing the best that you can, and for some reason, your boss is sabotaging you, you get angry. I'm sure everyone's experienced that. And that to me feels completely unfair to players who have one shot and they're having that shot compromised by these people. And then the last point, we'll, I'll let you respond to that, but also it doesn't work, but all right. First of all, what you are saying the point that you are making that it is unfair for the players, particularly players on the fringes who might not have a chance at a second contract unless they succeed on their first contract, 
because they aren't first round picks, second round picks, et cetera, et cetera. You are completely right. My counterpoint to that off the jump is what is the job of the general manager in the larger organization is to manage the organization to try to win a Super Bowl. The reason there isn't as much tanking in the NFL, there's not nearly as strong as of a correlation that there is between the NFL and the NBA that if you get a first overall pick who is an all-NBA player, your team is going to be good for close to a decade. When there's Caleb Williams, when there is the next best Patrick Mahomes, someone who Dan Orlovsky compared to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. I'm tough with expectations. We'll get into that in a later podcast of why maybe we shouldn't put that much on him. The, the calculus changes because your best chance, as we have seen over the last 20 years of Super Bowl winners, yes, there have been some bad quarterbacks that have won, but when you have Tom Brady, when you have Peyton Manning, when you have Drew Brees, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a much better chance of being in the Final Four and winning a Super Bowl. If you can get one of those guys, the idea of throwing away a season makes a lot more sense because that so, that's the responsibility okay. of the people. I- Okay, so to be clear, I, I think I was a little messy and emotional early in my argument, so I wasn't clear. So let's be clear. There's two conversations happening. You're arguing, like, is it worth doing because it may work? But it doesn't seem like you're arguing against the crux of my argument is that it's unethical and wrong. No, no, no. no. Like you said, I'll accept that what they are doing to the players is unfair. You said you are right. So we can Definitely. put that aside. Definitely. Okay. I'm so, not saying that it's good for the players on the team. No, yeah. Well, then, I, okay. So right now you're arguing that it's a smart thing to do for them, for the business. And for you the accept larger that. larger organization. Yes. Okay. I would argue against that also. Yeah. But the players, you named three players, three quarterbacks that you're fighting to get. Only one of them was a number one overall pick. Peyton? Yeah, Peyton was yeah. the only one who's the number one overall pick. It's so unlikely. Like, I went through the recent drafts and looked at it, and you can look, and another point that I make a lot is the best quarterbacks in football are quarterbacks that came in a good situations mm-hmm. because it gives them time to develop. I think you are much better off, and they're so rare. Two, These, of, the, two of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL came into bad situations, and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's fine. I, I, I don't know that I would accept that Josh, so... Um, Joe Burrow came in. They had Tyler Boyd. They had T. Higgins. But okay, I'll I'll grant you that. Um, I, I don't know that I would accept the Josh Allen situation. But okay, I'll grant you the Josh Allen situation too. That's two. Everybody else, like the runner up to MVP last year, Jalen Hurts, great situation, yeah. second round pick. Lamar Jackson, MVP, damn near second round pick. Like uh, Patrick Mahomes, number 10 overall. So like you want to take those two and pretend like that like is a is evidence that you can turn your team around with one player. I don't think that you can. For the record, though, this is not just turning around the Cardinals with one player. They, they have the Texans pick and they don't need the Texans to tank for them. They're going to tank right. for themselves. <laughs> um, and they have Kyler Murray. And the reason this is significant, Kyler Murray tore his ACL in week 14, and I know he wants to play as soon as possible. He's been on the pup list. He's going to miss at least the first four games of the season. They have an interesting calculus with Kyler. They're going to probably have to play him at some point. He's going to want to play. He's going to want to resuscitate his value. It is probably in his best interest to not want to be a Cardinal long-term to play a little bit. You might win more games with Kyler Murray, no matter how bad your team is, because he is most likely better than Clayton Toon, or uh, I can't remember the guys. Josh, I was about to call Josh, him Josh Dobbs. Yeah, it's Josh Dobbs. It is Josh okay, Dobbs, great. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to rush him back, but you want to maximize the value for this. I want to go through some of the recent quarterback trades and stuff because 
Okay. Trey Lance was worth three first round picks, the opportunity to draft him, right? Yep. Matthew Stafford was traded for two first round picks. Russell Wilson was traded for two first round picks. Let's just tease it out and say it goes as well as possible. They have the first pick in the draft, the second, the chance to draft Caleb Williams, the second pick in the draft, the chance to draft Drake May, who by all accounts would have been the first overall pick in this draft is a slam dunk, even though the this is a draft that someone traded up for Bryce Young and you'd have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray at this stage of his career with his contract locked in, which will become more and more affordable as the CBA and the salary cap continues to grow, is going to be worth a trade roughly as much as Matthew Stafford or Russell Wilson would be my guess. You then have an option for someone who's likely worth more than the Trey Lance trade and you'd have Caleb Williams. Um, so I, I, I think that they've already undercut his trade value by telegraphing that they're giving up on the season. But there are only eight good quarterbacks. Someone okay. still is going to, there still has to be a bidding war for Yeah, them. okay, fine. Uh, to me, that's not all that interesting because the Cardinals will mess it up anyway because that, I mean. <laughs> this is, they, I, I had to follow they, up on this. They they have had a, uh, they, they've been around since the NFL, since like before the merger. Yeah. I think like they were in Chicago, they were mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Like they were starting like the 20s. Yeah. And in all that time, they had, Two championships, both pre-Super Bowl, and the entire time uh, that they've been like post-merger Super Bowl, was that in 63, 64? Between 63 and 65. Yeah, somewhere around there, they merged. They have never won a Super Bowl. They've been once. So like this organization will find a way to mess it up. In recent history, we can go through the things that they've done that were incredibly stupid or or failures, not even stupid, but failures in ruining quarterbacks and going to get another quarterback that you then don't like and uh, extending coaches who you are immediately going to fire and keeping around general managers who are not very good at their job. All that stuff is bad. So like this, you know what? I really want to make my quest for this year. This is what I should do this. Okay. We can clip this. This will be good social stuff. Clip it. I would, I would like to prepare prime the entire sports industry for Caleb Williams refusing to go to the Cardinals. Like, I think that there are lots of people who would be opposed to that. But the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more the safer it will be for him to come out and do it because he doesn't deserve that. And none of us deserve it. Frankly, if he's as talented as we believe he is, we don't deserve to have that taken from us by an organization that has not proven that they can do anything consistently well. Unless everything goes to plan and they have Marvin Harrison Jr. and like seven first round picks. They'll ruin it. They'll find a way to ruin it. I actually was going to, so there've been the notable teams that have been trying to, you know, the Jets messed up tanking for Trevor Lawrence winning at the end. The Texans even messed up tanking last year because, you know, Lovey Smith was like, after this, I want to win. We had the Dolphins who you insulted to the point that they won games and got stuck with Tua instead of Joe Burrow. Uh, Washington in that same Joe Burrow draft won a game late in the season and then got bumped down to number two. Is the biggest problem that these organizations that are incompetent, that they're too incompetent to tank properly? No, it's not the biggest problem. The, I think so. Football is so much more complicated than other sports and the organization matters so much more. And I think that sometimes the organization's culture is something that you cannot change and you um, you destroy it even more by tanking. You can't change overnight. And that's what it feels like tanking is to me. And that's why it also bothers me because it feels like it's an attempt at a quick fix. It's like, you know what? But it can Our be organizational a organizational 
culture is so terrible that you you know who's going to fix it? This 20-year-old. Let's throw it all away because this 20-year-old is going to fix it. Well, it's the, there's two parts of that, though, because you've talked about like the, the organization's um, culture. Like Tom Brady was a culture. Of course, he's the best quarterback of all time. He's a culture. But like you played with people, whether it was like Ray Lewis, or those guys were the culture. Um, so if you can get your hands on a precious asset, not to you know commodify these human beings like Caleb Williams, but he is so special. He could be so good so quickly that that can reset a culture incredibly fast. Well, nobody is a culture immediately. I think these guys grow into it, like Tom Brady and any of these. Like you have to have the success to do that. And Tom Brady can bring his whatever down to whatever team he goes to and it works out. But I guess the the thing that that pisses me off the most about all of this is I don't even like having this conversation about whether it works or not because I think it's been proven quite clearly that it does not work um, in football at least has it been proven I mean show me the example of the 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 number one of someone just being completely awful tanking and getting a number one overall pick that changes organization the problem is they haven't they haven't tanked effectively but you're the question is is like is drafting generational quarterback who we think is going to be very good does that change the organization so i think that of course that changes the organization but i think you limit the ability to have this generational quarterback if you bring them into an awful situation so we look back at the joe burrow situation and say yes joe burrow is the the picture of the culture change there mm-hmm. they also try to kill him <laughs> Like he, the the Washington cut him in half. Yeah, yeah. And he was the most sacked quarterback like ever in history because they threw him in a trash organization. So I think that's what worries me about this. That's what upsets me about all this is that as much as I accept that we commodify these guys to some degree and I accept that we probably are not as serious about these people's careers as we should be all the time. Like it's something that happens in sports. And that's because there's we've talked this is almost, you know, maybe a maxim for our our, our board, which is gonna go from imaginary to, to oh, real yeah. soon. I need that board. Is that what's best for the player is not always best for the team. And that's a constant conflict in team building and organizational stuff. And you have been through that where most people have not. And fans and teams are selfish. They want what's best for the long term of the team. Yeah, I get it. So like I get if you're a fan, I get the idea of getting behind this and getting excited about it and hoping that Caleb Williams can change the organization. That doesn't mean I have to respect it. That doesn't mean I have to champion it. That doesn't mean I have to accept it. That doesn't mean I have to be quiet about it when people are doing it and pretending like it's something that's okay and is a reasonable um, way to build a roster. And so like I understand the idea of of not like going all in and building towards something. I'm fine with that. Like I get that you can't win the Super Bowl every year. And I get that um, at the end of your run, when all your contracts are coming up and you can't extend everybody. Yeah. I get that. You're going to have to let some people go and you're going to be bad, but it is still your responsibility to be as good as you possibly can. It's your responsibility to the players, responsibility to the other teams and trading away. The only quarterback that you have on your roster with any experience or not trading away, releasing the only quarterback is that- Cole McCoy. Come on. But okay. So we get I'm with you. Colt McCoy's not great. But that was it. Are we sure he's better than Clayton Toon? We're not. We're not. But we're I'm sure that Do you they ever were better. Call him Clay Toon Toon? <laughs> See, I'm not here for your jokes. I, uh, I, I inherently say Clay Toon Toon all the time. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, it's it just it it bothers me and annoys me. And 
it's unfair. And if I'm going to be the only one uh, in sports media who points out how it's a shitty thing to do to players and it's a shitty thing to do to the other teams and it's it's cheating and gaming the system is I don't know. I I'm fine with doing that. It's just I grew I grew up in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I my earliest memories are drafting Keith Shuler third overall and him being a better high jumper than the quarterback. And then they put in Gus Farratt, who headbutted a wall. Yeah. Um, then we had a glorious era of Brad Johnson, who they called Brad Bengay Johnson because he was always so banged up. Um, and then, you know, we hopped through quarterback through quarterback, and we were an incompetent institution. I shouldn't say we. The Washington football team commanders, whatever they're going to be called in the future, were an incompetent organization that just descended and descended and descended. But I want to tell you about six months. And those six months, it wasn't, it wasn't even six months, it was, it was five months from August through January in 2012 when this team, which was a garbage-run organization, garbage owner, garbage president Bruce Allen, um, had a guy named Robert Griffin. And those six months or five months are the happiest I've ever been as a football fan. I was like, we're winning Super Bowls with this guy. There's hope, there's joy. And that comes because... When you have someone playing the quarterback position who's like exciting, yeah. it changes everything. And that's like when I'm viewing this through that prism, you're viewing it through the prism of how would you have felt in that organization? I know how I would feel rooting for the Cardinals. I'd be like, bring Caleb Williams in. I want to be happy. Yeah, I get that. But I guess the point that there's a disconnect is you are like making an argument or you're you're fighting against an argument that I'm not making. I'm not arguing that you should not want a franchise quarterback. I'm not, I'm not arguing against that at all. I, I mean, RG3 wasn't a number one overall pick. I'm not arguing that you shouldn't want a franchise quarterback. Like, I get that. I'm just arguing that this is an unethical yeah. and despicable way to go about it, and someone needs to say it. That's all. Yeah, I'm an, uh, I think I'm arguing the ends would justify the means here, and you're saying that they would not. They don't because I got integrity and I would like to keep whatever shred of integrity I have left. I think that they should try to do the same thing and no one should be proud of this. No one should be celebrating it. And I feel like I'm a broken record uh, now. No, no, and, no. And, it, and it does not work. And it's bad. Like, okay, RG3. What happened to him? He was broken. Yeah. So like. You retired the year before. You would have been on the field when he was broken yeah. with Haloti with Nada running into his knee. Uh, yeah. So I, I would. And it's a refrigerator I don't know. moving we, very fast. And we look at like, and I guess that's this is my point. What you want is some joy and happiness and from your to team. have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Okay, that's what you want from your team. Mm-hmm. You would love to have the best chance to win for your team in organizational direction. Right, which is fine. I think that what people, these people who are who may be in favor of this, what they should want is someone else to own the team or someone else to be their that general was what manager. We wanted for right. A long time. I get that. Yeah. That seems like a, a more honest path to buildings because again, who's the best quarterback in football? Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He went into a ready built system that had a number one overall pick playing quarterback, and they were good. And he came in there, and then he became great. That matters. Same with all the rest of the quarterbacks that are in football. And so that's my point. It's like, this is never going to work. 
there's it's not you're not going to bring in a quarterback and then solve all the problems there are too many like moving parts in in football for it to work it's not basketball it kind of does work it does when not. you find the quarterback no it doesn't yes it does you've okay so i, I mean i, I guess they look at the favorites in the league this year their teams with good quarterbacks. Yes. Right. And I guess this is where we disagree is that I think that these quarterbacks are talented, but I re- I mean, the reason why the, the quarterbacks are become great is because they are in good situations. It's they a, came into good situations. Definitely. But the talent okay. and giving you the best chance to have a good quarterback is to find the talented quarterback. And the okay. best you chance use, to find the talented you, quarterback is to find them at the top of the draft. You use Josh Allen as an example. That's a perfect example. They fixed the situation around him. Now, all of a sudden, he's great. Had they not fixed the situation, he would never. we would never know that Josh Allen was this good. Josh Allen would be bouncing around teams who are not fully committed to leaning in on the Josh Allen experience. That is the thing that you need to fix. Bringing a great quarterback into a shitty organization is going to give you a shitty quarterback. Maybe. No, not maybe. That's Peyton, what happens. Peyton Manning was the first overall pick. He went three and thirteen as a rookie. Then he was thirteen and three in his second you're, year. You're and okay. I I haven't done the research on that team, but I imagine the roster was good. And maybe it's happened once or twice. I'll give you that. It's not a, a reasonable way to go about and, doing things. We're not going to hit 100% on who's who's good and who's bad. But it's also like the Josh Allen thing is not just the organization. It's not just bringing in Steph Diggs. We've talked like he's they've talked specifically about how he fixed his throwing mechanics. And it was a lot to do with like his golf swing. How he's overthrowing over swing. Like it's not that's, just that's, organization. That is horseshit. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Why well, can't. So no one else tries to fix their mechanics. Like, he's I don't in think, Wyoming. He I went to think, the NFL. I don't think the result. There are lots of. Trey Lance. Oh my God, Trey Lance. he had better coaching in the NFL than he did at Wyoming. That's absurd. You're absurd. Of course he had better coaching in NFL. But the idea that how Top many, 10 overall how many picks times, improves, my God. How many times do we have someone who says, I'm in the best shape of my life. I went and worked on my mechanics. I fixed everything. And then it doesn't work. That usually just means they took HGH. <laughs> Either way, it never works. That's not the solution. It's worked twice now, though. It's like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. I know they're great. It's about development. It's about development. It's about what they surrounded them with. But it's not just the organization. It's the player, too. Players are responsible for their own development. Agree. I agree. But you cannot develop if you are in the doldrums of the NFL, surrounded by people who can't catch or protect Mm -hmm. you. That's my only point, is that if you believe that the panacea is a great quarterback, you don't understand football. Like it's it's plain and simple. It's, you never put your hand in the dirt. <laughs> just, well, yeah, I mean, I anybody not. who believes that you can drop a single player into a no, situation. Right. So either way, you're going to have to improve your organization. Yes. Which is not just the players on the field. It's the way that you run your team. Once you do that, you're more likely to find a quarterback because it is my belief that – Every quarterback that's drafted in the first round has the potential to be a franchise quarterback or he wouldn't be drafted in the first round. The reason that he does not become a franchise quarterback is not 100% based on the organization, but I think it's more on the organization than it is on the player. I promise you that other quarterbacks drafted to the Chiefs would not be Patrick Mahomes. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with that but at all. But it's just like, so like a lot of it's the player But I too. promise you Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes that we're talking about today if he got drafted by the Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes, fascinating case, by the way. If we had known that he raised the risk profile on how he played in college because he knew he had to score so many points with their shitty defense— I feel like he would have been the first pick in that draft. For the record, I feel like all of the all of the risky play and stuff had having that explanation very different. Um, 
I mean, or at least picked over Mitch Trubisky. Miles Garrett was dead. a beast. I beat this horse pretty bad. I don't know if you did because I still like. I still don't totally agree. Well, the beating the dead horse is about the topic yeah. being being beaten, not me beating you. I thought I you're, was the dead horse. You're not the dead horse. I mean, you gave up on the debate at the beginning. We started having a different debate. No, I mean, the, the original point. You was, said you wanted to argue about tanking. I never was supporting that it was good for the players on the tanking you, team. No, you were arguing that it wasn't unethical. You made the point that it's, it's that it's, it is unethical not to tank, is what you said. Maybe that's you is, just doing a bit. No, but. no, 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 no. I do not think it is good for the players. I think it is the ethical responsibility of the general manager and like the roster builder to give them the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Within and reason. I never said within reason. Okay. And see, that's where you and I disagree. And that's, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I want to live in a world. Isn't there with- more roster turnover and there's teams, there are more parity teams can get better in the NFL than any other league. Yeah. And so the one, like the totem, the stabilizer that you need is a quarterback and the rest of it can be built around them. That I mean, we look at the most stable organizations. Mm-hmm. They are not organizations that necessarily have always had a great quarterback. I think that is what stability is, is to tra- be able to transition, to be able to be good when you don't have a great quarterback. That is stability. Yeah. I, I don't believe that you can have uh, this one quarterback come in and be the solution. But if you believe that, then we can't come to – then then I guess it makes sense. But – this still comes what I what I refuse to accept from you that I'm going to need you before we leave here. We're going to be here all night. And if you will not accept that there are certain <sighs> unwritten rules that people and companies should follow. Yep. You accept it. Yeah, there should be no bat flips. I don't care about bat I'm just flips. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I love but the point is, flip. the point remains that if there if we if I need to write a rule for every little way that you can cut corners. I don't know. I, I don't know how to get you to accept something that's so obvious and see like if it's not against the law, if you go to a bar and there's peanuts there, it's not against the law to take all the peanuts, but it's kind of an <laughs> social thing contract. To do. Yeah. It's like a, they, they don't have to put up a sign that says, you know what? All these free peanuts, you can't take them all. And somehow you and people like you believe it's okay to take all the peanuts and leave none for no one else just because, hey, they didn't make a rule against it. I hate people like that. You got to make a rule for everything to do. Everything that is unethical, we got to make a rule or a law or else it's okay. Free game. I mean, I have, I don't think that analogy completely works. Okay. But to, to your to your larger point, I am not saying it is good for the players. I am not it's, saying not it is good saying. for the league. I am saying that as it is currently constructed, it is the responsibility of bad teams to try to get Caleb Williams. How did we turn into first take? I don't know how we did it. You did it. You pissed me off because this is trash. It's not the responsibility of a team to try to get Caleb Williams. Responsibility of the team to put the best product out there that they can. So it's responsibility of the team is to give them the best shot at winning a Super Bowl. Okay. And this is this is where our argument breaks. Or this is where our conversation breaks down. It's like same I'll, same I'll number never, of Super Bowls on, on this set. I'll, I'll never. I'll never. That's your first good joke of the show. It's a good one. Yeah. I'll never. I will never. Um. Except the idea that I could maybe get on board with this if we were talking basketball. Because I do think that, yeah, you got a franchise player. You're in contention for the duration of the time you have them. You don't have them. You have no shot. There are other ways to go about it. I still would not 
argue that it's a good thing to do, but it makes more sense. And now they got the lottery properly weighted or whatever, so it's less likely to happen. But I can't accept it in football, and we'll never come to agreement if you are if you believe that there's one player that can save your team. I don't believe that. You do. I don't. You do. You do. I don't. You you do. I just don't want to be on the treadmill of mediocrity. So then be good at managing your roster. Yes. Be good at managing your team. That is the best way to get there. Don't suck. I agree. Like that's that's be good. That won't get you off the treadmill. I'm not of saying a good team should tank for Caleb Williams. <sighs> you're you're saying anybody should tank I, for that, Caleb no, Williams. No, 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 no. You are particularly the Cardinals. <sighs> I don't know. This is weird. I hate it. This I'm is angry. a team. Genuine, this is genuine anger. Well, okay. Well, genuine. Let's even, do you think the Dolphins their tank job, their tear jet tear down job, even though they didn't get Joe Burrow? Do you not think that their asset allocation, the way they were to manufacture trades, that's not responsible for the fact that they were able to build this dominant roster? Um, maybe. That's the point. I mean, it doesn't. So I it think, does work. No, it doesn't. It can work. work. Okay, this is a different conversation. Tanking for one player, and like the Dolphins, they did well that season. Like they were, they did better than anybody anybody expected. Mm-hmm. They did not trade away their their best quarterback. Like there's a different level of it. I'm not sure that I would even argue that the Dolphins did tank that year. That they, they did go and get a black coach, which is normally a sign that you're trying to tank because that that's normally I think um what's it called the uh, Tank commander is what mm-hmm. they call it, where you yeah. bring somebody out whose uh, job it is or who you don't expect to succeed. Like this is the coach before the coach. Brett Brown. Yeah. And so they they hired uh, Flores and Flores overachieved. Yes. And I think all of that to me is to me, gross. The, yeah. We're at the larger. This is the larger crossroads of what I mean by tanking. Tanking is not just like intentionally losing. It's allocating your resources in a way that gives you the best chance of having the most bites at the apple to rebuild your roster. I mean, I think the Herschel Walker trade is like the big example of like yeah. the Cowboys traded away Herschel Walker. And so like, I don't I have mean, a, to, and that's what they built their team on their, their dynasty on. Yeah. I don't have a problem with roster management. I have a problem when it is gross and I don't have a problem with understanding that, Hey, we might have a down year or two like that. I think that's what the Chiefs did, but they mess around and won the Super Bowl anyway. Like when they got rid of Tyreek Hill, yeah. it was like, oh, it's clear that they're willing to take a step back. They they let um, Orlando Brown leave this last year. It's like, all right, we're going to take some steps back in order to take a big step forward. Like I understand that that's reasonable. Just completely gutting your franchise to me feels unfair and ugly, especially when you are a team like the Cardinals who have ruined uh, their fair amount of quarterbacks. Hmm. Hmm. Glad they're there to blame for uh, Josh Rosen and Kyler mm, Murray. Maybe. Playing so much Call of Duty. Maybe. Maybe. I, I understand the culture of an organization impacts the way that the players prepare and the way that the players perform and the way that the players around you prepare and perform. And if we're willing to accept that David Carr's career was ruined because he got sacked too much as a rookie and became kind of skittish, I'd be willing to accept that Josh Rosen would have had a different career somewhere else. Hmm. That's all. Yeah. All right. I'm right. I win or else we'll stay here all night. You win. Thank you. Bye. I tanked and I have the best shot of Caleb. (laughs) Thanks, Christina Buswell, Adi Khan, Sarah Abbott, especially Christina and Sarah. We will miss you. And Podville, no thanks to Charlie. We'll not miss you. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.